Hello and welcome to episode 32. My name is Ross. My name is Craig. And it's time to put the kettle on because it's tea time. Right. Uh, first of all, I'd like a, a quick request um, from the, uh, the public. Uh, if there's anything that they would like us to cover, um, then please do put so in the comments below. Um, and I say that quite because I'm running out of ideas myself. Um, but uh, today's um, more of a going to be more of a, a, a personal subject, I think, um, than than previous ones. Mm -hmm. uh, but if there's anything else that anyone else wants to cover, check in the comments below. Um, right, today is my day, so I guess I'd better start the news. Yes, please. What do you got? Well, first of all, you know I'm a bit of a Tesla fan, so um, the Tesla Model Three is in effect, excluded um, from the electric car grant that used to be there because uh, the government has reduced it. Uh, first of all, they reduced the car grant itself to two and a half thousand, um, but they've also lowered the um, threshold for any cars that are under 35,000 pounds, which unfortunately mm. does exclude the Model 3 because it's about 40,000. So, um, which is nuts, frankly, because, um, well, they claim the reason is that um, they're trying to make sure it it goes further by reducing because if you reduce the the threshold and doesn't applies to less cars it applies to cars for people who with less money but the problem which is great and that's a that makes sense but I feel like they're doing that too soon because at the end of the day there isn't any other cars really available well there isn't many cars available. Um, if we had, you know, if the market was full of them, then it would make sense. But there, it isn't, so it's more expensive. Um, so I don't know why you would um, el eliminate for people from being able to get a car so early in this process. Make oh, there's, there's, some, there's something else I in my news later on to talk about that the government's also backtrack on. So don't really know what they're doing, to be honest. But we'll come to that later. Mm. Um, right. Um, obviously, it's not just Tesla Model 3. It does also include other cars that have also been excluded. Um, probably the one <laughs> closest to the threshold other than the Model 3 is the Polestar 2. Um, but staying on the subject of Elon Musk, um, we've also got some Starlink news. Um, well, they're in the, uh, the Starlink is in talks with the UK to solve our broadband problems um, where we don't have necessarily very good coverage in certain areas. Um, so the idea is of Starlink satellites is that they cover the globe to the point where um, it doesn't matter whether you're in a city in a forest or floating around in the middle of the North Sea, it doesn't matter because the coverage is sort of universal and so you should get roughly the same sort of speeds no matter where you are. Um, that's the point of Starlink, mostly aimed at bringing internet where there isn't before, because as far as they're concerned, that's a huge market. But obviously, when you're offering speeds like 150 megabits per second, and your latency is less than 40, somewhere between 20 and 14 milliseconds, then it's quite attractive to anyone that's just got internet, but not brilliant internet. Um, so I personally, because I have aspirations of living on a boat um for me that would be perfect because uh it, it literally wouldn't matter which part of the 
the canal boat, uh, which part of the canal that I would be living on, uh, I would have beautiful internet no matter where I was. Um, the only downside would be, as you probably expect, is the cost. So I had an email just today, in fact, um, saying that uh, Starlink is definitely in our area. I've confirmed that by putting my address in. Um, the cost is, it's quoting me here, 439 quid for the hardware itself, plus an extra 54 to have that posted. So we are, oh, wow. yeah, so we are already up to basically 493, so not far off 500. And then on top of that, it's 89 pounds a month um, for the service. So, I mean, that's a thousand yeah. a year, isn't it? So, yeah. That's I mean, lot. yeah, you live in a rural area in the UK. I think that sounds okay. You know, that's, they're probably playing the same for like dial up, for example. They're probably paying ridiculous amounts of money for that. But, um, but yeah, how, how big is this dish? And will it fit nicely on a canal board, or will it take a vital solar panel space? Um, I don't know. I think I mean it's it's like it would look odd on a car. It's it's big enough it would be too big for that. Um, but no, I think it would be fine for. It's not. I, mean, I don't difficult to give you scale, but I, I, from what I've seen, I, I don't think it's any bigger than something you can just carry around like that. It's 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 nothing well, like like a like a sky dish. Yeah. Yeah. Not too far off, yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. It might even be smaller than your. Well, maybe it's been a while since I put Skydish on, but um, it's, no, it's not huge. It's not. It's just a, a, a large box. But that sort of, you know, you can carry it around like that. It's all fine. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's amazing. And it, like, if you were going camping or whatever, then um, the fact that you could take your internet with you is pretty cool. Um, oh. At that speed, yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to be geo ring fenced, but um, so a few people have taken the, the dish out with them to sort of you know travel five miles out of ten out of town, ten miles out of town, and see whether they're still getting it. And and they have, so we don't really know what this geo ring fence is, whether it's by you know a hundred miles radius or whether it's like the county or we we're not quite sure how it works, but um. Mm. But people have been pushing it to whatever extreme they can, and so far it hasn't fallen over yet. I'm sure someone will take it to a different country and then it'll break. But basically, the northern hemisphere is covered. So um, if you live in the northern hemisphere, you're doing all right. Um, right, so that's that news. Uh, and then finally, in the uh, Elon Musk world, because let's <laughs> why not? Um, SN11, did you hear about this? Sure you have yes uh i'm i'd like to pose the question that if the sn11 blows up in the fog did it really happen because no one saw it um but yes that was i was watching the go on sorry i was gonna say yeah i didn't really see it but Musk did tweet in the rip so <laughs> yeah and, they, and everyone was doing that that f thing um yeah f. and then again what is that again i've forgotten uh call of duty Modern Warfare. Um, it's at the end. There's a cutscene where your friends getting killed. Oh, you got you got you got to press F at first to try and kill the guy before he kills him. Kills him anyway, and then it's press press F to pay respects. Right. So, so, uh, so I was watching. I was watching Everyday Astronaut, 
um, as I usually do when it's one of these launches. Um, and they were like, they were distraught before the thing even went off because it was like it was it was foggy, and it, like the, the guy um, Tim, I think his name was. His biggest fear was that it was going to land, and they were going to get nothing of it. It was like the first landing of, of one of these rockets, and he went, he, they literally couldn't see anything. It was so foggy. Um, <laughs> the best feeds were coming from SpaceX themselves. So, like, it took them, I think it was like two hours or something to set up all the cameras. And then all they got was um, bits, uh, like a, a foggy image of bits of stuff coming out of the, falling out the sky and landing and throwing up mud everywhere. And then all, and then they lost their cameras. They lost the feed of the camera. And so they're like, well, like did a piece of Starship just land on it? We don't, we don't know. And then so he was like, you could see him getting quite stressed because you know he's thinking this, well, he said it out loud. He's got literally thousands of dollars worth of kit just sort of dotted around um, the, uh, the launch pad. And he was just sitting there going like, I, I don't know what to do. And people were doing the, that, um, that's uh, what do you call it, super chat thing where they, they offer money um, usually for the service, but people were like going, here's some for the some money for the camera fund. Um, and go, go and buy the guy some beers. And then uh, and then Tim turns around and goes, Okay, you can officially press F on the uh on on the on the SN eleven for today. And then <laughs> more Fs. Um so yes, uh, that, another another crash. Uh, I think they're skipping the next few, but basically they've already revised the um model so i think sn12 and 13 possibly 14 are being skipped as well uh moving on to the new sn15 although i'm not sure when that's flying up but that's where we are another explosion all good fun just shame we didn't see any of it um right a bit of uk news around the energy sector um uh tokamak now i think you covered this in a previous episode took Tokamak Energy, which is a UK private company, um, has unveiled pictures of its newly upgraded spherical Tokamak, which is, as you know, a nuclear machine, basically. Um, uh, and it's so their new one, which is called the ST40, which is not to be confused with a 1980s Atari home computer, um, it will. It's not yet, but it will soon be able capable of fusion temperatures of uh, of a hundred million degrees, which is trying to replicate the inner heat of the center of the sun. Um, mm. But it will be the first private company to achieve this milestone because they've done it before, but only by public funding. Um, uh, so it's this company and 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 this achievement is being heralded as a sort of champion of look how great the UK are and how we're pioneering the sector. And you know Boris is probably wiggling his head all over it, and um, it's all good. So, um, that's what's happening in the world of nuclear. Since we don't talk about nuclear very much, I thought I would bring that up. Um, in other news, uh, Virgin Galactic. Have you seen their new spaceship three? I have not. Otherwise known as Imagine. But you don't have to imagine it because you can see pictures, and here's one. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically, imagine is number three, spaceship three. Uh, there was the Enterprise, I think, was the first one. That one blew up in a sort of testing 
accident thing. Uh, that was then followed by Unity. Unity is still going uh, and was uh, recently attempted to do um, a sort of orbital flight, but there was some electromagnetic problem or something, and it was did crash or anything, but it was grounded. Um, so that one still is still running, but they've basically taken what they've already learned from Unity and they've made the third one, because as far as they're concerned, um, so Virgin Galactic, for those who don't know, are, are trying to commercialize space tourism. They're trying to make these planes that you can send up into space or into the low Earth orbit so that you can basically feel like you're in space uh, and look all around and have a wonderful moment of going, oh, look, there's the <laughs> there's the sun. Don't look at it. There's the moon. You can look at that if you haven't already looked at the sun and blinded yourself. Um, uh, and just basically to enjoy that experience and then come back down. So in order to achieve those objectives, they're going to have to do quite a few of these little chips. So Unity is about learning from, no, not Unity, sorry. What else it was called? Imagine. Imagine. Imagine is about learning from Unity, but also an attempt to modularize the manufacturing process. I think that's the key part, is they're trying to work out how to make these things so that we can chop them out. Personally, I'd wait until one flew, but before I would change it too much, but that's where they're at. Um, and Virgin Galactic's uh, stock price went up a couple of percent in, in applause of this beautiful ship. It's a very nice ship. Obviously, you've already just seen it, but it's very nice. Yeah. No, nice. I mean, it kind of feels like they're getting close to the names if they're already considering modularization. Also, very optimistic of them. A bullish tone. Right. That's what we call it in the investment world. <laughs> bullish. <laughs> um, I went past a pub today. It was called The Bull. I thought, well, if the stocks go up, that's where I'm going. Um, right. Uh, final bit of news. Um, also space related. Sorry. I appear to be on one today. Um, NASA's Mars helicopter. Uh, this is this is no nothing particularly has happened yet. Uh, it might something may happen by uh, no not by next week's episode, but maybe the week after. Um, so inside uh, Perseverance, the rover that's currently on Mars, um, they have put a little helicopter, like a quadcopter type thing um which we have all around on earth and they basically packaged it up and it's freaking i don't know why it takes a week everything takes ages on on when it's in on mars i guess but they've slowly un unfolded the thing so that it's now sort of hanging down like some sort of weird daddy long legs um underneath perseverance waiting for its uh flight so it's now fully unfolded um and uh it's does a little token gesture thingy it's it's cute more than it makes any sense. Um, but they've got a little small piece of the Wright brothers' first plane that ever flew mm. He's in on board of this little tiny helicopter and a sort of, cause it's whilst we've landed on, on the, uh, on the planets, we've never actually flown anything on the planet. So this will be the first flight of its, of its kind. Anyway, my news. Uh, yes, please. Cool. So I have a fair few pieces, so I'm going to try and fly through these as quick as I can. I'm not going to each one into much depth. Um, I'm, sure every, I'm sure you say that before you start every news. 
that you, you spend for the first 10 seconds telling us how quickly you're going to go through <laughs> and how many you have. Just save the time just by starting. That's what I would do. Fair enough. Duly noted. <laughs> um, so my first piece of news. So China's new digital currency, which we discussed a couple of weeks back, um, we kind of thought it was quite bold because it'd be the first country. However, now comes the evil side of it. Um, it turns out it's very easy to track it. And they are going to completely track it, every single transaction, which is not by its own citizens, but also by foreign countries in the country. So if you like China's big brother, they're only going to get even bigger. Great. So that's become cool. Well, that's a nice bit of tech to be coming. Yep, you sinister bastards, you've done it again. And next piece of news. UK tax day happened last week on the 8th, um, not the 8th, the 18th or something. Um, there's a couple of things of note that's been announced. Um, I'll just fly through these again. So we already know about freezing of lifetime allowance and the idea of um, ISA limits. They've all been frozen for a couple of years. No. There was a note as well that they're now exempting income tax payments from victims of modern slavery. That's something they've specifically now exempted, as if that's been perfectly fine up until now. Um, they've changed the royalty tax system a little bit. Uh, they've introduced a plastic packaging tax, which is very good. Uh, they've changed fuel to uh, changes of tax to fuel, tobacco, vehicle, air passage, gaming, and landfill tax. And they've abolished carbon emissions tax. Oh. So, bold move, perhaps. Uh, they've also introduced free port tax. As we also discussed, we can have a bunch of free ports in the country, which is basically um, non-sovereign territory where you can just kind of do what you want, really. And they've also changed how the HRMC's powers work in terms of collecting data from third parties. Before they had to go to court to get it, now they can just get it themselves directly from the banks if they wish. Yeah, so correct. that's all nice. So yeah, if you are hiding money somewhere, like for example, like say you had money in Trend 212 before HMC had to request that data, Trend 212 could say no, they have to take it to court and the judge decides whether or not they should have the data. Now they can just go have a look. So that's nice. Um, and we've also signed up the UK to the OECD gig economy reporting rules. So this probably goes along inside of Uber's change of gig workers that happened a couple of weeks back as well. Overall, nothing too exciting, but plastic packaging tax sounds good. Um, not taxing victims of modern slavery sounds good. And yeah, the fact that HRMC can now check your bank account without your permission is a bit worrying, but that seems to be the way we go in these days. Yeah, well, I was we were saying about the Chinese one. I was wondering that you know theoretically, like, well, if you're attaching any form of identity to the wallet, then I guess that's inherent. Yeah, I mean the entire point of cryptocurrency is to be decentralized, so uh, there is no; it's completely anonymous. However, yeah, China's doesn't work that way. It's probably attached to your RFID chip that lives in your neck, but. Um, for the next piece of news, scientists will test the world's first nuclear fusion reactor this summer. So this goes along the lines of what you've also mentioned. 
uh, except this is part of the International Thermonuclear Experimental Reactor Team. So this is an international effort to try and get this done. It would be the world's first function nuclear fusion reactor. And this summer, we're going to turn it on and see what happens. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe. Like, remember, remember that um, when we turned on the high, large hydrogen collider and everyone was thinking there's a tiny hole. percentage chance it could make a black hole yeah. and suck us all into it and the entire solar system will be in that black hole within a month. It's like, yeah. oh, okay. Wow. Back, back to the fall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw their fall. Uh, and that didn't happen, as far as we know. Maybe that reality was sucked in and we just zipped another one. Who knows? Um, next piece of news. You can now buy a Tesla Model 3 with a single Bitcoin. So this was a tweet from Elon himself, and it's only in the US right now. However, they do have their own open source node collection where they are controlling the Bitcoin. And the cool thing is, if you buy a Tesla with Bitcoin, they will not convert that back to fiat money. They'll just keep it in Bitcoin, which is pretty cool, I think. It's, uh, well, it's very bullish for Bitcoin. Very. And PayPal uh, which, as well. What's that? PayPal have just announced that they're supporting it too. They do. That's my news later on. Skip the oh, news. sorry. <laughs> so I'll skip the PayPal news, but yes, they've also they've also announced they are going to have a cryptocurrency checkout service, and they're going to allow all their merchants worldwide to be able to use it. Um, they currently have 29 million merchants worldwide who can now allow crypto. Uh, usage, which is pretty amazing, and goes to write that Bitcoin is now past the forty-two thousand pound per coin mark, and that's not stopping. So, the transparency, we both own Bitcoin, so we're quite happy about this. Ah, uh, everyone owns Bitcoin these days. Everyone. If you don't, if you don't, maybe you should guess them. <laughs> that's not financial advice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um. Next piece of news, uh, Scottish-based space companies, A, I had no idea there were Scottish-based space companies, and B, I had no idea there's more than one. However, there's two of them, and they have secured 8.5 million to bring in a pioneering technology to the market. And they are effectively developing their own small satellite launch technology to get things off the ground. So pretty cool, never heard of them before. Um, but that's interesting that that's happening. So that's nice to go ahead and see what happens there. Um, Volkswagen and BP pledged to bring 18,000 ultra fast EV chargers to Europe. So good news for Europeans, that's us included. Um, they're going to be spread across the continent with quite a bunch in the UK. But yeah, they haven't said exactly when that's going to happen or how long it's going to take. But it's going to happen at some point. So, I mean, what what is Volkswagen's um, EV market offerings right now? What have they got? Uh, they got the ID three, and yeah. I don't know. If it's already. I don't. I think it's being in in production now. Not sure anyone's got it yet. There is the ID four. I think that's basically it. Okay, so they partnered with BP to ramp this up effectively. Have you heard the other bit of news of Volkswagen? Is that in your list yeah. as well? Um, the, well, tomorrow is a special day in, in UK culture. 
and I'm sure it is in others, um, which you mentioned before the show. Um, uh, I've lost you, I think. Oh. Am I back? Or did you yeah. go back? You're back, yeah. Um, so tomorrow is April Fool's Day. Yeah. Volkswagen had a little joke planned uh, that they were going to change their name to, I'm going to try and say it clearly enough so you can tell the difference, Volkswagen. Volks, but Volts. And then Volts. Oh. Um, yeah, it got, an, it got sort of leaked or something, and then uh, they were asked about it, and then they went, yeah, that was a little joke. Yeah. Rubbish. Worst April Fool's Day joke ever. I'll continue. The European Space Agency uh, is developing an autonomous robot to explore the moon's caves. So the moon has caves, which is pretty cool. Uh, the idea <laughs> is these... the moon has caves. Does it? So the moon has caves, which is pretty cool. And they, I, I had no idea either, to be honest. Uh, they could be used to protect settlers on the moon. They can be used basically as shelter. So people could. No, have... like. Stayed... Oh, God, I, I might have known this actually, yes. It was a, it was a, um, no, I think it was for Mars. Same same idea. That basically, it, if you go down low enough into the into the the crust or whatever, the pressure increases, which would then make it okay enough for us to breathe down there with without as much pressurization required. There you go. Right. So that's where the aliens are. Of course. We're going to dig down and realize. Oh, sorry. I had no idea you guys were here first. <clears throat> yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll just leave. Um, it'll take about two years though, so please don't kill us in the meantime. <laughs> and we, we just need all of your resources. That's okay. Yeah. Well, uh, let me stand oh, in, Mr. Musk here. And do you mind if we nuke the planet so that we can produce some methane? Would that be all right? Any problems with that? Yeah, just, just stay in your hole, please. It'll be just above you. It's fine. <laughs> um, so another bit of UK news about Bitcoin is we have the first green Bitcoin to be created in the UK. Um, it's effectively going to use clean energy for the mining side of things, making it green, because we know that Bitcoin is a power-hungry hog when it comes to energy. Yep. I believe it's now surpassed the energy requirements of Bangladesh in order to just mine the thing. Yeah. So that's only going to get worse. Um, yeah, so the whole point of this is a project called TerraPool, and yeah, they're just effectively trying to reduce the mining impact on the environment. And yeah, being the first green Bitcoin and then see how that continues. I imagine they'll all try and go as green as possible. Hypothetically, Bitcoin could also be green if you wanted to. It could be powered by solar. But just no one's gone ahead and done that. Um, so now I'm guessing, the the first, I'm guessing the first green Bitcoin, there'll be some sort of like snapshot taken of the um, of the mining receipt. And then that'll be sold as a NFT for a Bitcoin. Because that's the world we live in now. Very well. It is. And it will continue around and around forever. <coughs> um, yeah, so the UK government, as we mentioned earlier, has been doing some silly things recently, like reducing the car um, allowance for electric vehicles, but also 
they've gone ahead and scrapped the Green Homes Grant. And this has only been in place for like six months. So it was a 1.5 billion pound scheme uh, was part of Boris Johnson's, you know, build back better. <coughs> but it's been entirely abandoned. Um, if you remember, it was going to give about five to ten thousand pounds per household to get some sort of insulation or low carbon heating. That was stuff that kind of sounded, you know, really good. Um, it was actually praised by Green campaigners as one of the best things of Boris Johnson's premiership. And now it's been scrapped. So now the Green campaigners are saying that was pretty much the only green thing you were doing, Boris. Yeah. Now you what you do? Targets are hit, and how are you going to do that now? And we're also hosting the big. Uh, I forgot what it's called, COP, or it's Cop, called COP COP twenty six in November. Yeah, yeah. It's that, and it's like, well, we've got, we have got this, we've got that, we've got this. Great, <laughs> well done. Um, yeah, from what I've read, basically, only the idea was to try and target some like six hundred thousand houses, um, and it's only been taken up by like sixty thousand houses. Um, but in fairness, a lot of that issue was down to COVID. I was going to say there's, there has been a pandemic during this last six months. Yeah, people, people are a bit busy. People, well, people just didn't want other people in the house because you have to, you know, if you're going to do insulation, you need people to, in your house to do stuff. So um, that's, I think, why they haven't done it. And obviously, uh, when you've got it was covering two thirds of the cost, you start to pony up the other third. Um, and if people are in, you know, in have been saving a lot, lot more during the pandemic, then. Um, you know, people aren't spending money on houses at this point. But so I don't know whether why they should necessarily were they a bit early with their scrappage on that one, or whether they've got a better idea. I don't know. Well, there's been nothing announced, and it would have really been announced probably during Rishi Sunak's um, March eighth budget announcement. If anything, been replaced with something. But all they're currently doing right now is there. There was two point five billion. They're getting rid of one point five billion of it, and they're going to give another billion to local councils. In order to supply low-income families with yes. um, local authority grants, I, so that's I their way. So basically, unless you, yeah, not like, a lot, like ten percent or something of of the total figure. Yeah, it doesn't do anywhere near as much um, as they wanted to. Mm. Um, and my last piece of news is a bunch of scientists have figured out that wooden floors rotted by fungi generate electricity when walked on so this yeah. is pretty cool so this goes off quite nicely from what we discussed uh, last time with the trees and the whole fungi internet thing that the more fungus actually sits at the base of a tree on the root system the more electricity is generated and it actually speeds up the tree internet by the electrical signals getting from tree to tree but uh, yeah, these scientists have had a breakthrough in transforming wood into a useful source of clean electricity by using simple fungi under the wood itself. And they've coined the term energy ballrooms. So that'll be pretty cool. Yeah. An entire ballroom full of this fu fungus wood that, yeah, you're dancing on actually generates electricity for lights. Yeah, with their pores open, releasing all sorts of toxins, it'd be great. Um, no, I don't, I don't want to dismiss it too much. This, this, this is a post-pandemic world, and this fun guy is, is you know, a safe fun guy. <laughs> well, it's, anyway, as, that, as I see you've done there, um, uh, very cleverly, you've, you've come up with a, a beautiful link to uh, my topic for the, of today, um, which is micro-generation of electricity. 
Um, mm. And it's more of a, like, I haven't read a book on this and then I'm like regurgitating information to you. Basically, I was, so as I mentioned earlier in the program, I'm, I want to live on a, on a, on a boat, on a, on a narrow boat. But I, what I would particularly like is I would like that to be an, a fully electric narrow boat. Um, the problem with that is generating enough electricity to power everything in, in, on the boat. Um, so I've been looking into um, various different ways of generating electricity. Um, and I came across, came across even, um, this gentleman by the name of Robert Murray Smith, who is a British sort of engineer um, who I think he specializes in graphene. But he does his mm. adorable little videos where, um, and I say adorable because he gets very excited. Um, where basically he sort of sometimes looks at um, patents and works out whether or not they work, um, but they're often very, very, very simple things, um, with the with, with the intention of sort of inspiring people to take a subject and then and then go and go mess with it. Um, but it's one of those things you watch it and you think, oh, can't, that looks that looks amazing. It's very cool. But he's made it so simple that I really wanted to start giving some of these things a try. So to give you a few examples. So a lot of the concepts are, if you take a fan, for example, you, you put electric current through a fan and then it makes the, the thing spin, right? And then the simple concept that if you were to manually spin, it produces a current going the other way. That's not always true. But it will depend on in in on on the motor and that sort of stuff. But um, basic concept that does work. If you can if you can run a current through something to make something spin, then if you spin it back the other way, a different some other means, i.e., wind, then it will produce current. It's just this, it's the opposite um, reaction. Um, it, as well as that, there are. Other things, so like this, uh, a speaker in your, well, anything that's got a speaker, um, the way that a speaker works is that you run a current through um, the, the bottom of the speaker where the, where the magnet is, and it moves something inside, um, and that vibration makes the sound, um, which you hear is sound. Equally, if you were to just get your, run your finger on it and, and do that with your finger to generate the vibration, current would run the other way. So you can produce an electric current by, by doing that. So do you remember we talked about the vortex wind turbine? That thing mm. where I was trying to describe it by doing that. Um, and for those that are on a podcast, I'm um, pivoting my elbow <laughs> round around a little circle. Oh, yes. Yes. The, the, the uh, dildo lampposts. Exactly, those ones. Um, so that the concept of that is it's the same thing as the speaker you you create a vibration and the vibration if it's a, it's a coil inside a magnet then that will create a current in the coil and then you can take that current and then use it as electricity that is how that turbine works um so basically he's doing all these little these little tests with things and he's he's taken a fan and he's basically gone right okay well here's a fan i've stolen out of something it could be a like a, an old pc um, computer supply or something, um, or just some normal mm. fan that's just like it's, I don't know, the wires cut or something else has burnt out. 
and he's just taken the, the literal plastic bit on, on thing and he's um, bolted onto that a piece of PVC pipe, which he's sort of cut into a weird shape to make that sort of twisted thing that turbines have. And he's just plopped, if it's a four fin um, fan, then he's just plopped four of them to make it bigger. Uh, and then he's gone outside and he's, you just see the guy walking outside, things spinning and he's looking at it and he's getting very excited by the fact that he's just generated five volts or, or something. And he's like, there you go, that was it. <laughs> I spent like I spent like 20 minutes on the fiver or whatever, or not even any money at all. And I'm now producing an electric current and it's enough electric current to, to charge a phone. Um, so um, I didn't do that one, but um, there's another one which is even even simpler, which is kind of mad, um, called the earth battery. And the way the earth battery works is that basically the idea is that current is running through the ground all the time anyway. And that you can, <laughs> you can get a multimeter and you can literally stick one end of the, the current or the positive thingy into the into the ground, and you can stick the negative uh, electrode into the ground, and then you will pick up a current. That's it. You don't do anything. Um, now, the, the in their in their example, what they did is they took um, two different metals and they they tried to um, use one of the metals as the north pole and the other one as the south pole. Then they talk about putting it in perfect alignment and and you'll get current running through between the, those two poles. So you have to get two different types of metal, like a copper and a zinc or something like that, or um, a copper and a steel, or basically two different types of metal. One of them will be the positive, one will be negative. Stick it in the ground, put the electrodes on top, and you'll pick up a current. But whilst I was testing this outside in the garden, I came across the fact that you don't even have to have the poles. You can literally just stick them into the ground, and that's enough to produce a current. But if you touch wood or if you touch a stone, there is no current. It doesn't pass through. So then I was going, okay, well, can I make it better by adding those rods in? So then I was trying to find you know, bits of metal. So I, I found like a, a little aluminium um, um, packet. Um, so I, I, I stuffed that in the ground. And sure enough, my half a volt went up to like 0.7 of a volt. Like, okay, interesting. And then I was just tapping around with uh, with my... Um, multimeter and then all of a sudden out of the blue i achieved 1.3 volts and i was like okay well what you know literally what have i done i didn't i didn't do anything i was literally smacking the ground with electrode and all of a sudden i got 1.3 volts um and then i realized i'd hit a rock but normally rocks give you zero but i so i i undug my little rock and i realized by looking at it that it's just i, I don't know what the metal is because i'm not a geologist um but it had like i could see like sort of reddish um oxidization on it so it, it looked like some sort of copper based i don't know metal within the rock and that was allowing the current to go up to 1.4 1.3 whatever it was um so then i was like okay that's interesting um so the idea is that you well one of the ideas someone's has is that you can create lots of these as long as you create a separator between the positive and the negative then in theory you can put two rods in the ground separate it put another two rods on the ground separate it put another two rods on the ground and people have done this by putting the two rods right next to each other inside a pvc pipe or they just stick them in the ground from a distance apart there's all sorts of different things and no one really understands fully why it even works so everyone's just playing with it seeing what seeing what happens but um in theory if you can produce 1.4 1.3 volts from from one of them and then you're able to line them up in series 
then in theory, you could get 1.3 to become uh, 2.6 to then 3.9. Eventually, you would have 5 volts, for example, which is what you need to charge a phone. Um, although I'm not entirely clear on the ampage on that. But um, so, yeah, there's all these little weird things you can do. You can also do it in water as well. So there was a, one of the patterns he discussed I watched <coughs> today, in fact, was about um, an electric current is generated by the movement of water. Um, and one way you can test that is to um, basically get some two metal rods again and put um, them on the positive and negative side and then measure it. And you, you should get, if you just plop it into water, you should get nothing. You should, there should be no current running at all. But if you heat up the water, because when you heat water, it makes the molecules of the water move about, you start getting a current. So obviously, maybe it's something more to do with the heat than it is to do with the, the movement, which is another possible. So he, he took that theory, he took his little rods, and he literally went down to a river, shoved it in the right way around. Sure enough, you get a current. Not very much, but you get a current. So that just sort of started me getting, well, trying to think about how could you could you combine all these things? Like this is how I feel like the future of, of energy generation will come from in terms of us sort of being less demanding is one is to, to reduce the amount of energy that we use for what we're doing anyway. I'll come on to another thing I, I, I learned in a minute um, about how to do that. Um, but if I was living on a boat, for example, I've got access to solar on the roof. I've got I've got access to a water current that's going past the boat. It's only moving at probably about half a knot or a bit more in the wind, maybe. But ultimately, I've got moving water. So we already know you can produce a current just from moving water. Um, so there's some. Um, you've probably got uh, a slight sway of the boat all the time as well, which is, again, some form of energy. You can probably... Think about that. And we're talking again. We're talking about one volt, two volts. You know, not very, not very much. But add it all together, and you might get enough to, you know, trickle feed. If you're the, if you're trickle feeding your battery of the boat twenty four hours a day, when it's high wind or you know sunny during the day, or it's there's a, a bigger current, or a boat goes past and splashes you know all the, lots of waves come past the, the wake of the boat and you can generate more electricity you walk it around the boat um the heat that you put in the boat for yourself if you can recapture some of that heat um all of those things could theoretically if we had these little devices everywhere then um they could all recapture stuff also with boats um there's locks so the way that i don't know if anyone you don't know how to, how you move a boat down a canal is that you often come to the situation where you've got a level is low and you need to go uphill. So that's what we have locks for, where the um, top water, um, you create a chamber in the middle between a low and a high bit of water. You put the boat in between the two, you block off the sides in a box, you fill the water and then the boat can travel up in like a like an elevator. But to do that, we have to, we have to move literally, you know, I don't know how many, but probably hundreds if not thousands of gallons of water into that section so that we can just so we can do that and then we then let it down the rest of the canal that's a lot of water that's moving about all the time um you can capture that every time you fill up the the lock you can capture that every time you empty the lock you can capture that um 
so yeah that's what i've been doing um uh i was as i said i was also looking into how to use less energy so like one idea that um i saw was a guy who was cooking um was showing how you could improve your the normal source pan that you have do you have gas or electricity gas so with a with a gas if you have a normal source pan with a solid bottom obviously um you put it on the on the hob and the the gas will heat the bottom of the of the pan but it will also escape around the edges of the of the pan and uh, any sort of air circulation within the room will will sort of almost suck that that thing away from the pan it won't actually help so if you've got on around your pan if you have another pan basically which is wider than the hob then and it's got a hole at the bottom then anything that doesn't go directly onto the source pan will travel up the sides of the pan so you'll now steal with it inside the other pan and that other pan has a lid on it so the heat never really escapes but you know it can still boil up and and and, and boil out because there's, there's there's still air but um it, the heat doesn't escape so much and it he increased the amount of time it took to boil water in that way by something like i think it was at least 30 percent, if not 40 percent, faster just by doing that mm. and it's actually the only other thing he had to do was on his big outer pot he also had to have a little sleeve so that when he put his little pot in there wasn't mm. that hole down the, underneath where the where the handle would be he had a little sleeve to sort of slot that in so that it, it wouldn't escape but it was that simple so um if you can if you can boil the water 30 percent quicker then you're you're effectively using 30 percent less gas to achieve the same result so um yeah. you know you can use it for other things and also of the heat that escapes up often we have these extractor fans directly above it to get rid of all the gases and stuff well, that's heat that's heat that you're now not needing not not using and you're trying to ventilate it out and if you go outside where your extractor fan is it will probably be you know pumping out hot air so but while they're in you know let, let's use that heat before it goes out of the building so i just think there's loads and loads of probably tiny little areas um that you can uh, make use of so yeah i've been looking at all sorts of fun devices wind turbines um Another cool one I, I saw was uh, uh, you dra your drain pipe outside your house. So in this mm. case, you get lots of rain. I've been trying to think of how you generate energy from rain, since we have so much of it in the UK. Um, and one guy, you know, he had a special roof. His roof was ridiculously large uh, and very uniform. Um, but whatever, he um, basically had his gutter at the bottom of it and then he had a single downpipe and at the bottom of the downpipe he drilled a tiny little hole into the plastic tubing and unsurprisingly uh, well i think he must have blocked off the bottom as well it the water went down that downpipe and then what's the family friendly word got the hell out of there very quickly <laughs> uh, through this little hole and then he put on what's called a um a peloton no not a peloton that's a different thing altogether a Pelton, mm. a Pelton wheel, which is basically tiny little cups like that in a circle, basically like a little water wheel. Um, and it would, the jet of water would fire, hit that cup, 
and then um, basically make the whole thing spin. Um, there's a there's a weird phenomenon that if you uh, if you fire water at something that's um, flat, so you fire water that it will move, sure, but it will it will move like a little bit. If you if you fire it into a cup, and you can test this with like pretty much anything really. Mm. Um, if you fire it into a cup, because the water has to go in and then kick back out, it adds more force. So basically sends it further forward. And that's how the Pelton cup, the Pelton wheel, sorry, actually works. It makes use of that cup shape, um, forcing the water in and out um, to make it spin. Um, so then he was generating, and again, we're talking, he might, I think he managed to get to about four or five volts. Um, so he was able to charge like an old phone um, with it. But um, but that's just pure from the water that was running down from his from his roof. And then he was adding other things to make that process better. Like um, he added a uh, like effectively like a toilet flush system into his drain pipe. Again, basic stuff like stuff that's made out of you know a couple of bits of um, PVC pipe and a glass or something, um, where it's um, allowing the water to basically build up into the gutter, and then when it hits a certain point, it then flushes it out, sends it down the pipe, makes sure that that water pressure is good. So that it spins the spins the wheel um yeah so that's that's what i've been doing this week uh and yesterday i spent most of the day outside with my um voltimeter thing um and uh, and uh i felt like a eight-year-old and it was good yeah i can imagine just walking around the garden just uh sticking your multimeter into whatever you can find Pretty much. I mean, the fact that the guy said, you know, like no one really understands how it works. Um, and there's all sorts of ideas from the idea that the, the, the bit of metal is essentially corroding and that's what's generating the current um, all the way down to ley lines or, or something like that. Supposedly it flows um, north uh, and that's how you get the best current. Um, I didn't find that when I was, you know, doing weird stuff, but um, that is, from, what from the other people's tests, that's what they've come up with. Yeah, from, uh, from what I was reading the other week for the, the trees, I'll go with the the fungus that's in the soil, that's required in the soil. And yeah, there's nitrogen in the soil too, which is makes that process more efficient apparently for the fungus, because they need nitrogen. Well, but again, yeah, but the fact that no, no one can do it, you could, you know, is, does it work with sandy soil? Does it work with, you know, good compost? Does it, does it make a difference whether it's dry or not? You know, that sort of stuff. Literally anything goes because no one really gets it. So, and it's so simple that you can probably feel like you're doing actual science because no one knows the answer. Yeah, I, I would say it probably wouldn't work with soil and compost. I reckon if you bought yourself a bag of fresh compost and plugged in, I reckon you'd get nothing. Never tried it, but I reckon you would get nothing. I think it's specifically in the ground that's been there for a long time. So if you were to put your multimeter in older earth, mm -hmm. I reckon you'll get a higher voltage because there'd be more fungus. That's my personal thought. Well, so this one, uh, the, our, our garden had a tree in it, in the back, a rather large tree um, in mm at the bottom of it before we got here it was, it was cut down before we got here but um it 
I don't know whether that's a factor, but it's, it's very fertile soil. Um, we notice that lots of stuff grows there very quickly. So um, something about it from a if it, compost is also good for growing things very quickly, right? So it's it's a, it, you would I would say it's good compost material, um, even if it's so that would go against your idea. But it might be more to do with the trees and the fungus that was around the tree than it is to do with the compost soil. I don't know. Yeah, my thinking is that that soil, if you dig it up, put in a plant pot and left in that plant pot without any connection to the rest of the ecosystem, that fungus might die and the voltage would decrease. Well, that is, yes. So they have talked about, you can do it in, in pots, whether anyone's done it long enough to let it, for it to die, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess it depends on what it needs yeah, to continue. Uh, nitrogen. So if you was to kill the nitrogen in the soil, now that'd be a good fact actually. If you was to take the nitrogen out of the soil entirely, I don't know how you do that. But if you was to do that and the voltage decreases, it kind of feels like it's the fungus. But I, don't know. I assume scientists have done this. They have done something here, probably. I assume so too. But it's the fact that I mean, this guy. I mean, maybe he was wrong. I don't know. But it wasn't. It was. It was in the last 12 months that he did this and um he said at the time that you know there isn't a, there isn't a um conclusive 100 known answer sure people have probably done tests and stuff but um um but yeah, yeah. No, i'd probably agree there's nothing conclusive we don't actually know i mean that whole like the whole tree stuff we talked about again only a very little part of that was actually scientifically accurate they were like saliva and leaves and stuff Again, we didn't we didn't know that. That was more recent stuff. That trees are a lot more complex than we thought. So it kind of makes sense. Soil is more complex than we thought, mm. and everything in it, it seems to be all quite connected. I wouldn't go as far as saying ley lines. Like I don't think those those are the thing. But, um, but yeah, but yeah, but we don't know. It's interesting how much we don't know. Yeah, considering it's like, that, you know, it's not the easiest thing in the world to test. I mean, I did it, so it must be easy. Well, yeah, I haven't actually got a multimeter, but I think I might actually buy one just to stick it outside and see what happens. I, I would recommend it. I was not literally, it was like a little little kid going, oh, oh, oh. You've, you've intrigued me. Good. That's, that's, that's my act. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go buy a multimeter and stick it outside in the floor. Fantastic. In fact, I've had a, while talking to you, I've had another idea. So, this all came about originally because I was trying to, um, so we bought a new uh, pump for the pond and it's a six mm. volt pump and it comes with a little, I think it's 150 watt solar panel. Um, well, that seems a lot. So it's quite, it's quite, it's quite big. It's, it's like a like A4 size piece of paper. It's not huge, but it's not tiny either. Um, but it only works in direct sunlight, only gets enough. So it's down in a, a relatively shaded part of the garden. Getting direct sunlight is not easy. Um, so a lot mm. of the time the pump doesn't run, which is you know not good for the fish. So our, that's kind of sort of where it started. It's like, well, is there any other way of generating six, six volts? Is there, is there another way of doing this? Um, but then you, rem I've just been reminded myself of, um, I watched another one where this guy had um, 
What was he making? He was making a machine that would propel his boat. Um, and generally the way it worked was it used an aeroplane wing, effectively, underwater. Um, and then it would, so it would, it would use the flow of the, of the water to make it drop. So as you, you would just push down and to get it started. And then once it got to the bottom, it would have flow water over it and it would basically propel the boat forward. And then once it hit the bottom of that cycle, it would force the wing to go the other way, which would then force the, the wing, the wing back up and then send water down the other way, but still moving it forward. And it would just basically keep repeating that process. So you'd end up with a, what looks like a, you know, like a fishtail style, um, think of a whale's tail going up and down and that's how you get in propelling. Um, and he, and he made that and that, that was all fine. Um, uh, what was my point? <laughs> my point was that, um, if you can do that, cause essentially the whole point of having a pump is just to get a circulation of water. So then I thought, well, actually mm. you make one, his little, his little fish wing, fish tails, put it into the side of the pond and use the weight of rain or something to collect above it. And then once it got to a point, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. could then drop, get the thing to do a couple of flaps and then, you know, stop again but um you know maybe it would be enough to uh again the idea of, of going okay i'll have a bit of rainwater i'll use that bit of power i'll use a bit of solar maybe i'll have a little wind turbine on the same on the side so that i find multiple sources of energy to keep that stupid water flowing mm. so that is that's my quite a cool challenge that's my act i'm enjoying it uh i'm anyone who likes a bit of science anyone who likes fiddling with things i recommend it um, that is all i have for well i i literally just bought a multimeter and thanks to the magic of amazon and this it's amazing capitalism it'll be here tomorrow so i'll lay now works tomorrow <laughs> yes that's you've made me warm and fuzzy inside can't believe you just ordered it while i was talking that either means you were really inspired or really bored uh, to the point where you thought you'd go shopping. <laughs> it was like like ten seconds. Amazon makes it ridiculously way too easy. You're gonna need you probably need a nine volt battery as well in case it doesn't come with that. Just so you know. I got some of them. Right. I got an entire box of batteries for Christmas, like everyone does. I got socks. No, I didn't get anything. It was it was Christmas in London. I didn't get them. I didn't get them. Yeah, I didn't get them for Christmas. Like, nobody gave me a box of batteries for Christmas. What I meant is, I have a box of batteries for Christmas presents the kids will receive. Oh, I see. Everyone has a box of batteries in the utility room, sense. don't they? I was literally imagining someone. Yeah, you, you, you took me you took me literal. <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. I mean, to be honest, that, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't be a bad present. If someone gave you a box of assorted batteries, it's like, oh, ha happy Christmas. You but will need these at some point in the next five years. It's like... I actually will. Thank you. Especially if one of them was a very large lithium-ion battery, <laughs> which you could affix to the side of your house and use it to power yourself during blackouts. That would be amazing because that costs a lot of money. That'd be a, that'd be a very good present. Hmm. Um, so yeah, um, I'm 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 keen to hear of anyone's uh, little experiments. Especially keen to hear about anything to do with um, 
how one might be able to power the uh, life on a boat. Um, there seems to be a, a very small but growing community of people that would like to make an electric boat, but uh, no one's quite figured out the uh, um, how you deal with the capacity problem versus the expense of having yeah. very, very large batteries. You need to be able to generate enough power to keep your going, keep going. And on that, um, yeah, please, please remember to think educate. Oh, go on. Oh, I was just going to say, please leave some comments on that, but also, yeah, some people come and join me and get a multimeter and plug into the ground and yeah, let us know if it works. Yeah, let us know what you find. Um, I would really, really, really like to know, especially if anyone knows how to do um, uh, wiring things in parallel and in series, because um, mm. that would be awesome. It's the Easter right. holidays right now. That's going to kill, kill an hour tomorrow with the kids. Yes. Let's go plug it into things and see what happens. Yeah. Don't plug it into grandma, though. Don't do that. Cool. Right. I'll try again. Bolts. Remember to think, educate, and act, and we will see you, hopefully, with some new ideas for this experiment next week. Uh, thanks very much for watching. Thank you. Bye-bye.